Chuck, thanks, buddy. Yeah, in the beautiful Rio Convention Center right here on the fifth performance of the great NFR for everybody watching at home and for everybody here. How's everybody here today feeling good? Everybody feeling good? Yeah. These, we, our friends right over here, they are the best rump chat fr uh, fans ever. Every day. They have not missed a rump chat yet and um, ha have currently beat breast cancer. Hey, and so, all right. Yes, we are so glad they don't miss. And, uh, you know, round number five, uh, we've had some great guests, but I am so excited about the guests we have uh, coming on today because I, I'm glad to say that uh, we've caught him at a young age, and so he can't be mean to us like the other announcers. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've been beating this kid up for years, okay? And he's about to be a big star, and it, so we got to keep him beat down and let him know his place every day. So... Uh, with that being said, yeah, we're gonna get right into it because we got actually have two guests today. Yeah, we actually planned a show. Yeah, Rump Chat is like, yeah, we we're not even uh, we're not even drunk yet, so like we're really getting serious <laughs> around here, okay? But uh, I, I'll announce him that in my no, I'm not gonna use my announcer voice, but ladies and gentlemen, our first guest today on Rump Chat is a cowboy from Pryor, Oklahoma, whose dad was a world champion steer wrestler, whose mom is mega hot. And now he's with us today as a 2021 PRCA Announcer of the Year, Garrett Yerrigan. Yeah. Oh. You know how to hold a microphone, Do you know how to hold a microphone, young uh, man? Nope. First time. First time. Uh, I'm so glad to have Garrett on because we had uh, at our house, we have our, our uh, group of friends we hang out with quite a bit. And... Hambone came down one weekend to the Harrison household yeah. in Soper, Oklahoma, and we were going to have a roundtable chat. We had Weston Murkowski. Uh, we had John Hambone Garrett. Maybe we shouldn't disclose the names. Dusty Tuckness, <laughs> Nathan Harp, uh, Austin Singley. We had a lot of people. We were passing and the a hypnotist. Yeah, we, that's it. We passed the microphone around, and by the time we get done with the rump chat, we realized that we could never release. That rum chat because <laughs> no, everybody had told everybody's secrets. So <laughs> that's one we're going to save for the end of the world. Well, yes. the, the funny thing about it was was uh, sometimes I forget to, to do things right because, one, we've either been day drinking and uh, it it's late in the day. And the old setup we used to do was a pain in the ass. And so actually the microphone that Garrett had, I never hit record on. So we'd be, like, we'd be talking to Garrett and then be like, <laughs> that was a good one, Garrett. Yeah, it was. And he had a red beard, and that's where Red Yerrigan came from. Yeah. Red Yerrigan. That was during COVID. Oh, Red Yerrigan. Are we allowed to say that word still? Yeah. Yeah, so, you can so say it without a show. Okay. That weekend at the Harrisons, you couldn't say COVID or pandemic. Otherwise, you had to do a shot. Which you can not, see how well that went. Which should not work out for my poor, uh, my poor little wife, Ashley Rumford, and Carla Harrison kept forgetting not to say the C word, COVID. 
And uh, about by 11 o'clock, they were giggling like two nine-year-old girls in a pillow fight, okay? But Garrett, you're, you're here today. I, uh, I called you the morning after you announced of the year. Um, I called you 37 times, and you did not answer. Can we play the four-minute voicemail that you left me? No. Yes. No, we can't I'm, play it. Okay, just so you know, in case anybody's wondering, iPhone's voicemail cuts you off at four minutes. I know, because I have one from that guy. Actually, you have three. I left you three, four Well, I only messages. got one of them. Have, have, you, uh, have you felt like you've had time to compress and come down and be like, holy crap, I think you happened. mean decompress? I don't know. Did you say compress? Okay, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to void you for a minute. Unco Big Bear, don't use words that you don't know how to spell. Did you uncompress? Uh, did I decompress? No, I have not time. Does anybody have time to breathe in this town? No. No. So, so, no, yeah. I, I, it's, it's been a whirlwind. I mean, um, between hosting the uh, world championships since Gene's Mechanical Bull Riding every day, um, everybody asks, what does the announcer of the year do the day after they win? I go announce a mechanical bull riding every day. <laughs> oh, this business will bring you right back down. It's a humbling sport, folks. One minute you're beating Bob, Tom, and Randy Corley, Wayne Brooks, Will Rasmussen. The next minute you're... A uh, gal that's wearing things she shouldn't be wearing <laughs> on a mechanical bull. Yeah. You're introducing Wes Hightower at the back of Gillies. <laughs> yes. Speaking of that, so you're standing up there. I mean, Bob Tallman alone. Uh, Randy right. Corley 12 times. Bob 13. You know, Wayne 5 or 6. You know, Will's going to get her one of these days, but he's always he's multi-time nominated. So you're standing up with these guys. And, they, I mean, I'm not going to – and I don't mean this negatively. but Don't it say just, it. It's rub chat. Go ahead. It was <laughs> – I was pleasantly surprised. Thank you. Pleasantly. I'm, I'm so happy for you. You know that. But, Thank you. But it's like there's been this ceiling. And like we talked about the other day, Rump, and I don't know because you can't always trust his numbers, but he uh, said there's only since they've created I, the Ask Bird, award, I guarantee it. Since they created. Seven, yep. Sorry, go ahead and cut me off, Rump. Take it away. Be, because you're not believing me, and it's the truth. Since the award has started, there's only been seven announcers of the year. Is that all right, Bert? You're a wealth of knowledge. You should know that. There's been seven, hasn't there, Garrett? Now eight. Sure, I haven't done the math, Be because, but that sounds good. Because, Hambone, on the well, PRCA yeah. Media Guide, there was a picture of the seven, and it says only seven announcers have ever earned the, the prestigious title of Announcer of the Year. Well, they got to make more room. Now, it's, now they can't because say that, the Magnificent I mean, were you, Seven. Were you, I didn't what think were I, you thinking? I mean, no, I didn't think I had a chance. You were shocked, Yeah, I was. I mean... Uh, just that was my first year to even be nominated. Yeah. So yeah. again, like you said, to, to be up there with that list and that group of guys. Because look at all the guys that weren't up there. Right. Yeah. There are so many good announcers, and and announcers, it's so tough because everybody's got their own opinion. It's just like clowns and music directors stuff. Everybody's got their opinion. There's there's guys that love me that hate me. Whatever. I mean, that's that's everybody's got their own opinion. That's fine. Um, but to come out as a first year guy on the list and and then win, I, I've yeah, I didn't. This is rough chat, right? I didn't think there was a snowball's chance in hell. Yeah, it was. It was cool, and and to see the reaction of like Bobby T, you know, he yeah. was so excited. Yeah. So I I blacked out completely when when they said his name, and and when you're on the stage, you can't hear much. Like the sound is all you know going forward, so if you can't hear much. So the way everybody was standing, like um, if I remember right, Brooks was kind of right here ahead of me just a step, and Tallman was kind of right here, and Steve Miller, who uh, read the envelope, was around the corner, and I couldn't really see him either. So I'm standing there, and I'm just kind of listening, and I'm just waiting on him to call Bob or Wayne or somebody's name. 
and uh, all of a sudden I hear him say something about kid, and I'm like, okay, well maybe he's just like being facetious, you know, like yeah. oh the kid, and then the room kind of starts cheering, and I really a, a big can word. you spell that? Not facetious. Okay. And so the room kind of starts cheering, and these guys start moving around, and I'm like, okay, well, here we go. And then Tallman just bear hugs me, and I'm like, what's he hugging me for? And then he shoves me to the front of the stage. I'm like, holy shit, I think I won. <laughs> you, you were caught off guard. In, in, Bad. But since I literally have known you since you were a teenager, that was the first time that I think I've ever seen you almost speechless. It happened. Like when yep. they handed you the mic. Uh, I, the first thing you said, which I thought was good, but you said, God is good. But I think in the back of your mind, you're going, what am I supposed to say now? <laughs> I, you're exactly right. I liked McKee's. McKee gets up in there and he goes, he was your intense. talent has not gotten you here. Okay, what? That confused so me a little so, bit too. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, you know, I, I, he made his point, you know, it was about, it's about personality and likability and, and knowledge and stuff like so. But it was just to lead off with that, you're going, wait, what? Well, yeah. I want to ask you, did it seem, and I don't know if I've even asked Hambone yet, and we love Justin McKee. He's a, he's a Rumford Rodeo guy. Oh, for sure. But did Justin, when he was going to interview you, did he not go from fun-loving, smiling Justin McKee to mega, super intense Rodeo announcer question guy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, and and like uh, when he said that, it, it, it threw me a loop. But I, I will say this: I I was dead serious. And after I you know said the God is good, which He is always. But um, when I said that about what him and Clem told me, uh, that was that was a true story. Um, you know when I was doing the slack in Venita, Oklahoma, and all of the rodeos around and stuff. I mean, Bert and Franny, they, they tried to hire me for a junior bull ride in Montana one time. My dad wouldn't let me go because he wouldn't let me fly by myself. Um, but I remember those guys, those two specifically, that, of course, Clem over there. Smoking sterling, you know, sterling cigarettes. I know lots of kids want to be bull riders. <laughs> There's not many that are growing up to be rodeo announcers. Yep. And, and it was so true, and it never really, like, clicked until I got older. And uh, one year when I was doing the slack, uh, when I got offered to do the slack at Dodge City, um, Clem came to my dad and said, hey, does would Garrett want to announce the slack at Vanita with us? And uh, dad was like, well, you know, I'll have to ask his mom, and we'll have to figure out school and all that stuff, because I was in, like, I don't know, the third grade. And uh, so dad, he goes to mom, he's like, hey, Clem offered for Garrett to announce the slack with him at Vanita, you know, I think it would be good. She goes, I don't know. That's a school night. That's, that's a Tuesday. He's like, look, right now he just thinks it's some old guy being nice to him, but there will come a day when he realizes who it is and what it is. And, and sure, at the time I didn't, you know, I, I knew who Clem was, of course, but now looking back, I was one of the last people, I mean, even if it was just Slack, I was one of the last people to get to co-announce with him before he passed away. That's cool. And now, who's calling me? I'm a little busy. Um, Is it your girlfriend? No. And now... It was Houston. You just lost the contract. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, sorry. We'll have to field that one later. Um, <laughs> but And then, fast forward to 2021, the, the bronze that I got for one, winning announcer of the year last week um, says on there... Uh, 2021 Wrangler Clem McSpadden Award. Um, wow. So that 
that was and the, really and, brought it full circle. And to have McKee give you the word because he was instrumental too. Bingo. Yep. That was cool. You know, uh, a guy that, uh, yeah, it was it was pretty special because when I won the first time, Tallman announced it. Yeah. And so that I just I remember that because I'd never won a major award. You know, like a lamp, leg lamp, or anything <laughs> like that. But I mean, like I just. I don't know. I like. I thought I was having a heart attack because I had this. You pain were so in my back. sweaty. I remember that. I was. Well, that's because my table was like table ninety-eight. I like came from Pahrump. Oh, that that was back when you had to come from your table. They yeah. didn't bring you up on stage. Everybody yeah. slapped you. Oh, you son of a bitch, you did it. And I'm out of breath halfway. All the rodeo committees that didn't hire you give you a hug on the yeah. way up there. <laughs> um, but you know, with your with your family. Uh, the one thing that I when you were talking about, you've always wanted to be an announcer. It always blew my mind that you just wanted to be an announcer because when I was growing up, and to the to the to this day, your dad will go down as one of the best steer wrestlers there ever was. I mean, your dad, world champion bulldogger, who not only not only like was a great bulldogger, but he hauled some of the best horses. He hauled Ronnie Fields. You know, when Ronnie first started bulldogging and really went to going. Went with Dale Yergin. Where'd he go? The NFR. If yeah. you look at all the kids that have been in the Dale Yergin rig, and then you got Dale, who's this great bulldogger, and then there's Garrett. Did did your dad ever say, Garrett, Sorry. let's go bulldog? Did you did you you never wanted to to bulldog or anything cool? No, I never wanted to. Uh, I slid the steer saver some at home. I tried roping at home. I rode steers at home. Like I kind of tried everything. Yeah. And I realized that I wasn't gonna be worth a damn at any of them, so I might as well not even but, try. <laughs> I mean, but you, I mean, you, your voice is even natural too. You know, that's the thing. A lot of guys don't have that natural. You have a natural, good, Thank clear, you. powerful voice. And a lot of guys have to force that out. And you, in your confidence, uh, my dad was just, he was an events compliment. You know, there's the confidence <laughs> when you talk, it, it's just oozes out of you. Thank you know, you. <laughs> you don't second guess. And um, I know you, all these compliments were giving you. You'll be humbled yeah, we, by the time you get back to your bucking machine tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> while we are giving you these compliments, after this event's over, we will give you a wedgie behind the stage, all right? <laughs> yeah. Swirly. I don't doubt it. Because, but, but, you know, me and Hambone, we're older than you, and we can beat you up even though you're announcer of the year, okay? That's fine. I yeah. expect nothing less. Yeah, but um, I, like I, <laughs> I want to take it back a little bit. When I first started getting to hang out with Garrett professionally, you know, on Rump Chat, we love Benny Butler stories. And uh, we were at the Oklahoma City Extreme Bulls. This is a long time ago. Which story are we I telling read, here? I, I want to make sure I'm one. on the right page. Garrett, I remember. G Garrett was running the video and calling the show. And Benny, <laughs> we're in the production meeting, and Benny was in especially Benny mood. He was very Benny. He was a little upset that day. And so we're going through the production meeting, and, and Benny's leading the production meeting because the butlers put on that bull riding. I mean, they do it like Benny's the main guy for everything, for the Extreme Bulls. And he goes, what do y'all think about this video? What do y'all think? And Garrett says, well, Benny, here's what I think you should do. And before he even got done saying what I think you should do, Benny goes, shut up, Garrett. Ain't nobody gives a shit what you had to say. And Garrett says, sorry, sir, and just sat down, like, for the rest of this meeting. Well, I mean, he shouldn't have asked for opinions if he didn't <laughs> want it, first of all. And, and, yeah, there's two people there that actually work for the fair. Everybody else works for Benny. And it's me and Benny are the ones that work for the fair. So, uh, yeah, when he wanted my opinion, I thought I was going to give it. And turns and out I wasn't. The, the funniest part is, like, Benny, he kind of really yelled at you a lot when you were younger. And then after you win the other night and I see him in the hall 
Benny walks out. I knew that Garrett would. I knew he'd win, and he's a good kid. That, all he's ever oh, yeah. done is work hard. <clears throat> I'm like, you son of a gun. A couple Be years ago, you were telling you me to shut it. up. Biggin, biggin, you finally won it. Proud of you. And you know what else I'm proud of? This is so cool, and everybody here can cheer. Garrett finally got a girlfriend. Yes. Round of applause. She's real. She, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't, exists. <laughs> doesn't take 80 PSI. <laughs> Ashley said, uh, yeah, hey, do you have, did you hear Garrett has a girlfriend? I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be great. So I called Garrett. I'm like, can I get her phone number so I could kind of fill her in? And uh, nobody, to this day, I still don't have her phone number. I got to sit with her at the banquet. But There's a reason for that. I would like to visit with her if I could sometimes. I could fill her in a little bit about my knowledge. I uh, think not. But well, <laughs> so she gonna, was we're just going to not at, let that happen. At Lubbock, uh, you know, at the rodeos at the bar, literally. And, uh, is that not was, one of the coolest she, places ever to rodeo? It is. Oh, yeah, it is. She was feeding me booze during the rodeo. It's no big deal, but just saying. Yeah. Um, but she's really very, very cool. Yeah, very she's, cool girl. she's very Lubbock, pretty. Yeah, Lubbock was very cool. That was the first time I actually got to work with Garrett. So Are you, That was your first time? With Garrett. Rump stood us up. Oh, you yeah. son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Everybody on Drum Chat, if you're watching at home, Type in the comments if you'd like to see me punch Garrett on stage. <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to punch That him. Cook's Garage, you, literally it's a two-level. It's a huge stage, and then there's an upstairs, and it kind of a U-shape, the upstairs does, and the announcer platform is up there. But there's bathrooms right behind you and a full bar. They, so They only they, spent $1.4 million. Dollars. Yeah, it automatically wins announcer stand of the year Yes, every year. Yeah, that place is... They had the, uh, the Texas Tech College Rodeo, which they set a record for the largest attended college rodeo ever on the Saturday night when I was there. Um, I don't know if you guys set any records the next oh, weekend. Yeah, we actually did. We set a record for the hardest the wind's ever blown in <laughs> West Texas. Oh, the I got sandblasted out there on that horse. And you were, uh, you, you were announcing horseback. Yeah. Which, you know, you know I, I really like uh, the announcing horseback. I think it's great if you do it right. I... I love the way that Boyd does it, but there's some guys like, oh, I'll, I'll announce horseback, and they literally ride their horse to the corner and never move yeah, the whole time. That really defeats oh, the purpose. Oh, he didn't move one time. A bull literally was right at you, and you just stood there. I was playing chicken, and I won because oh, he moved, God, and I didn't. Because I'm, I'm yelling, Garrett, move. Well, but, I mean, I, I, eventually I thought the horse's that, instinct would kick in. Well, you could tell that horse has never been hooked. Yeah. Because – he didn't want to chase his pickup yeah, horses. Yeah, that, that was the uh, you oh, got your yeah. you got your uh, uh, your picture from the award was on a circle eye horse. How about that? Yeah. yeah, he was actually announcing on Womanizer. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> well, um, that that horse Chase picked up on at the 2010 National Finals Rodeo. That's because you won it. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. That's what he told me. <laughs> that's what he told you. That's very interesting. So, what do you got coming up? You uh, anything new this year? That's that's uh, in 22 uh, rodeo wise. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to go to Kansas City uh, to the American Royal. Um, when they change dates, Andy couldn't go. So uh, he'll be at Guyman, I think, uh, with you, Bone. So um, I'll go to Kansas City. Um, I'm going to join Randy Corley and Hermiston next year. Uh, going back to Cheyenne again for a couple more years. Um, and that's where I really – I've heard you, like, video clips. But Cheyenne this year – and I, I'm going to be honest, I – when you rodeo for a living, I, I don't watch a lot of Cowboy Channel because when I'm home, I, you know. You want to get away from it. Yeah. yeah. It's like being a dentist and going home and watching a dentist show. But um, Cheyenne was the first time. Does that make sense? They yeah, with all those dentist shows on. <laughs> I don't know. First thing I'm But Cheyenne was the first time I, I had it on, and uh, I can't remember where I was at, but um, 
Spanish Fork. I was and I was Spanish. like, God dang. You know, that's where I think, the, I think honestly, the, the rodeo world really got woke up to your talent. Because you. that thing's a juggernaut. Yeah. That's a four-hour perf. Yeah. And I know you, you've got um, on the stage. Uh, the Kyle Show. Kyle, God, I love Kyle Show. One great announcer, world-class auctioneer. Um, to to help and some things, but still, that's a to keep to keep people captivated for four hours. Yeah, it, it is, and, and and I love the format there. That that tournament style fits my announcing style because point blank, it's very simple to the people in the stands. If you're the fastest four or highest marked four that day, you go to the semifinals. It, it's black and white. There's no, well, depends on what happens tomorrow or what happened yesterday or whatever. It is that day, what you're watching in that those 10 rides. Um, semifinals, same way. Top six from today, advance to the championship. Championship, the winner. The highest marked ride is the winner. Um, so it's very easy, and it's easy to build anticipation. It's easy to build stories. Um, like the Stetson Wright thing, you know, on, on Championship Sunday. I talked about this uh, somebody the other day. Like that day, he had a chance to write history. In 124 years of that rodeo, nobody from the Wright family had ever won the bronc riding at Cheyenne. So, you know, that moment, that ride, eight seconds on a horse that was tough to get out on, but he knew that if he could get out on him, he could win the rodeo, and he did. He was 90 points. I mean, 15,000 people in there, I mean, felt that moment. Um, and, and it's it's things like that that you can't recreate because it's so situational. Absolutely. Um, you know, he had to be, you know, that ride, that horse, that that setting. Um, and those those are the moments that I live for in this business. So it was it was a blast. Well, and you know what? I, I what other reason I think that you are very successful, because uh, I know that some people go, oh, man, Garrett, he man, he's he's got it lucky, you know, but they don't know what you've done in the past. Like uh Garrett's been on the feed crew at Fort Worth. True story. Yeah. yeah. He's run gates. He's worked, drove the tractor for the barrel racings that last for three days. Yeah. He even now, he, I mean, like, you, you've put in the behind-the-scenes work. So it's not like you've just shown up, and I and I, I feel like sometimes that happens. That I would go, man, he's a young kid. Look, he just got every, wow, he just got shy and thrown to him. Yeah. Besides that, you've you've been almost the general manager. You've helped run the, the IFR. You put on a big rodeo yourself where you're not announcing, where you're behind the scenes putting it on. So it's yeah. more than just uh, – I think that's one thing for people that don't know Garrett like I do. Um, you, you're a lot more than an announcer. You put your time in on many different areas. You didn't just go, hey, I decided to announce. Hey, you're going to be announcer of the year. Welcome, you know. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, I, I've been so blessed that – I've always said to be great at one thing, you have to be good at a lot of things, and especially in rodeo because everything ties together. You know, with, with, without a great music guy, the announcer and clown, you know, struggle. Without a great clown, the announcer and music guy struggle. Everybody has to work together, and, and you got to find the best in everybody and bring it out in them. And being able to see it, rodeo from every perspective, like Fort Worth on the feed crew, the livestock crew, and, and running the outgate, I know what's happening down here while things are happening out here. Exactly. So, so now when I go to produce a rodeo, I can think, okay, if we're doing this out here in the arena, then this is happening down here, and they're moving this animal over here, and it's, it's blocking this alleyway, so I have to use this one, but then when we get them, so, you know, there's so many variables that have to tie together. And, and I think as a student of the game, 
Yes, it gives me headaches often. It keeps me up at night. But I think in the long run, it's worth it to know how everything ties together. You know, how, how does the sound work? How does the video work? How does, you know, where does the clown need to come from? And how much time does it need to fill so that we can do this? Um, rodeo is a sport to a point, but we are an entertainment source. And, and, and just like I went to a Cirque du Soleil show here the other day, and I was just so engulfed in watching the production of it. Yes. It was the I'm biggest the same way. it was the biggest smoke and mirrors I've ever seen yep. in my life. Because while you're watching this performer over here, the stage is lowering and they're resetting a prop and then you finish and all of a sudden bam, there's this little set that you didn't even know was there a second ago. And that's what we have to do in our sport is we have to know we got to send Rumford over here to section 212 while they, you know, situate the mutton bust and shoot down here at this end. So when Rumford's done giving away a, a hat or something to the crowd, Bam, holy cow, where'd that mutton busting shoot come from? Bam, we're ready for mutton busting. Right. Well, it, it's the same way with Rump, you know, he's done everything in the rodeo business. That helps him in, his, in the rodeo clown, his timing and everything. For sure. Me, me is, I'm the same way, you know, I've worked the back pins, I've worked time to vent in. The chased out work, bulls. Chased out bulls, yep. yeah, I've done, I've done a lot of that stuff, but, and it helps me the same way. Yep. To be prepared. I can look down there and I can see they're not ready, but this has got to happen. So be ready with something yep. because we're going to have to fill that. And instead of just kind of going along with whatever's going yeah. on. Yeah, it, your your music director job makes you better at your San Angelo job. Correct. And vice versa. Yeah. Yep. Understanding all the what, what's got to get done in the sponsorship side, for God's sake. Yep. Yes. Now that you've won announcer of the year, are you going to move out of your parents' house? You've been waiting to ask that <laughs> yes, question, I have. haven't you? Yes, I have. I was asked not to say it, but you know what? This is our podcast. We can do what we want. It's called Rub Chat for so, a reason. Uh, are you going to move out of your parents' house? I don't know. Probably. Are you yep, going okay, to ask right, Neely right, to get married? In his defense, in his defense, yeah, I, both was, of you. I used to, back in the day, worked for U.S. Smokos for a lot, uh -huh. a long time. And from like 21 to 25, 26, I lived with mom and dad, but... But I was gone 10 months out of the year also. Damn. So why have a place when I can have my insurance paid for? <laughs> yeah. Stay on mom and dad's insurance, kids, so you can All I need is a mailbox somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, th and that's you. you. I mean, you really, yeah. honestly, you live in your trailer. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, so I, I, I didn't mean that rude. I, but I yeah, just, you did. No, yeah, I, yes, you did. But your mail does go yes, to your parents' did. house. So, or as I like to call my roommates. Roommates. <laughs> my roommates. One time yeah. I actually... Uh, Took a lady friend home. No, <laughs> you didn't. From Ziba. And she goes upstairs the next day to, and to a welcoming committee of my mom and dad. And she, <laughs> and she came back downstairs and she goes, she, you didn't tell me you lived with your parents. You just said you had roommates. <laughs> you didn't ask who the roommates were. <laughs> Good morning, honey. Would you like a scotcheroo? <laughs> yeah. so, would, would you like an egg sandwich? Anyway, well, uh, thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, we just love you. We're so proud through. of you. We Thank love you, but I we, can't wait we can still beat you up. Work together. Yeah, so well, we could have if Rump wouldn't have stood us up in Lubbock. Lubbock. And we can still beat you up, and, and uh, we don't have we to be nice to you. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, you do. Well, that is him, the 2021 announcer of the year and a friend to Rump Chat and a good friend. I'm glad to announce it with him. The great champion of the world, Red Garrigan. Thanks, Red. We love you, buddy. He's off the Gillies. <laughs> Sissy, get off that bull. I want to make one quick point before I go all to the right, next guest. Right. Every time that Urban Cowboy comes on cable television, you have to sit and watch it. Do you guys do that? It doesn't matter what you're doing. 
It's a classic. Sissy in those jeans. I, I loved you clear back the first time I hit you. <laughs> That's an actual <laughs> line. Oh. Well, the next guy um, is a legend not only north of the border, but uh, all over North America. And he's been trapped up there because the Canadians locked everything down. And this guy's happy to be out like we all are. And we've had him on the show one time, but we did over video. And it's just so much better being face-to-face. Um, so we asked him back, and we're so glad he said yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the country music singer-songwriter and our dear friend, Corblund. Pop a top again. Hey, buddy. Corb, you got to, before you say anything, I want you to, uh, I want you to show everybody the T-shirt you're wearing. He did this in honor of Rum Chat. Here it is. Iron Maiden. Yes. Run to the hills. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, get that off. There you go. Corby, God, it's so good to have you back on. I know you was on with uh, Live with Lucy the other day, and we got to we got to hang out and listen to you then. But His uh, class is empty. Oh, here. Pendleton Whiskey. The fastest growing whiskey in North America, which reminds you to enjoy mm-hmm. responsibly. Unless you're on Rump Chat. <laughs> well, that's good. You want to? You but we're so Wait, glad on, to have you on, back. No, no. I brought some special stuff. Ooh. Mad Dog 2020 Banana Red Wine. <laughs> so I, we have fine. I, I, on the production team, you, you get fined for stupid things. But So I got fined last night, which I thought was, sorry, Corb, side, it's, it's rump chat. While you get ready, I'm going to tell the story. So uh, Wade Sundell finally rode one last night. Wade's an Iowa boy. We hi- yes, high school rodeo together, known each other forever. Well, he comes by, and I'm standing right there I, right by the announcers. I'm clapping, and he sees me, and he goes, handbone, woo, and he holds his hand up. I'm like, oh, no. So I didn't want to ghost Wade Sundell, my buddy, and so I gave him a high five. So after the general manager, Alan, he goes, yeah, you got to find tonight. I'm like, I knew that was what it was for, but it was actually because I was uh, on my phone. Because I found out what bowl game the Hawkeyes were playing in. So I was reading an article during the NFR. And I brought a, you have to bring a, you get fined. And so it's a bottle of whiskey is what it is. But I brought a bottle of Mad Dog 2020. And he still has it. So that's and how good Alan it is. told me to leave. So side note, back to you. Corb Lund, it's good to see you. It is. Not through a computer screen. Yeah, it's better in person. I can smell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If it was yesterday, you could really smell Rump's breath. It's been a long week in Vegas, Corb, okay? It's an adult dose, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it is. How awesome is it to be back in Vegas and actually getting to move around? Because last time we had you on Rub Chat, you were pretty much, couldn't really go anywhere in Canada just hanging out. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't quite as bad as it was portrayed in the media. But, yeah, it was tough for us to come down here, and mostly because you have to get tested on the way back. And if you're positive, you get a... I guess you got a, you got a hole up for two weeks, and I didn't have two weeks to spend in a hotel in northern Montana, so <laughs> <laughs> it makes it tough. Not that I might have wrote a good record there, actually, but but uh, yeah, it's uh, nice to be back. And the thing is, when you same as you guys, when you travel all the time, you got buddies that you only see when you travel, right? Mm-hmm. And if you stop traveling, you I mean, I love my friends at home, but so enough is enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and. Uh, and you had to cancel so many tour dates, too. Yeah, my tour got rebooked four times because we were – it's funny, too, because 
if it would have happened at a different point in my cycle, like if I was writing, it wouldn't really matter because I'm a hermit anyway. But we had, a, you know, the bus rented and the stickers printed and the, the five months of touring booked and the arrow pulled right back and a new record ready to drop. And then we were four shows into it. And we were in Greeley, Colorado, and they told us to come home. I was like, no, nah, not really. And they said, really, the world's shutting down. I didn't believe them. Because, you know, yep. SARS and bird flu, we heard about it. But it's like, blah, 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 whatever. But then, yeah, it got serious in a hurry. Real fast. <laughs> but... Um, well, that's awesome. I want to get right into some stuff here. Um, we're excited because he's got all rodeo songs today, uh, special for Rump Chat here at the Rio. And uh, what are you going to play for us first? I don't know. What do you think? How about uh, mm, I did? I did so many. I did still make Cheyenne last time, right? Did, yeah. I can still. Yep. Make, okay, yep. I won't do that one. I'll do, I'll do this one. This is uh, back when they had Cowboys on the radio. that yeah that's a, that's a new one <laughs> i've I, heard that somewhere that's a new one it's gonna be big for me i think yeah <laughs> well besides the, just the music uh and i'm i'm gonna i don't even know how to ask this question but ferg was kind of tell me about it you actually took on the government in canada and won well, we haven't won yet but, but tell us about that story because i didn't know anything about it until this morning but good lord yeah so alberta's just our the province i'm from alberta is just north of montana and um the government sort of uh, quietly rescinded a policy that allowed them to uh, 
strip mine for coal in the Rockies. And I'm not against resources. I mean, we need that stuff. But, but it, this is a particularly bad idea because it's going to ruin all of our rivers and our drinking water and screw up the trout and blow the tops off the mountains. And it's, it's, it's just a bad idea. And there's no money in it for Canadians. It's all going to foreign firms and they're all sending it to Asia. So it's, it's just a, t a terrible idea. And it was done quietly and sneaky and, and no one is in favor of it. So I started yapping about it. And, and uh, they're pushing back, but I think we got them on the run. Really? That's awesome. <laughs> That is awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Well, the interesting, the interesting thing is, too, is that, like, the premier, that's, like, our governor, he's, he's, he's been saying that this, it's a bunch of urban busybodies that are, that are making noise about it, which is false, because the people that brought me into the fight were generational ranching families that were right beside the proposed coal mines, and they were going to get wiped out. And, like, fishermen aren't happy, and hunters aren't happy, and the First Nations folks aren't happy. So it's, yeah, it's pretty ugly. So... But and it's not done yet. But you are. You guys are in the middle of it, or yeah, we've we've had some wins, and I think I th I think we're gonna win it in the long run. But it's 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 it ain't over yet. So, mm. and I don't like doing that stuff. I I like playing songs. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not political at all, and I don't care what party was doing. I don't give a shit about that. I just I just don't want to see the Rockies blowing up. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like uh, not like you're talking about. You just want to do your music. That's how I feel so much time about being a rodeo clown. I don't want to deal with all the the BS of this and that. I just want to have fun and and tell jokes and hang out, you know, and do rum chat with my buddy. Yeah, you're not you're not a political rodeo clown. <laughs> no, I've I've learned that. I don't say anything political at all ever. Yeah. I'm scared to death because you know everybody wants to be upset about something. So like the I make fun of myself because I won't write myself a letter. Right. You know. <laughs> you, you can trigger you trigger yourself. Well, yeah. The crazy thing is like. Uh, with the Cowboy Channel, people write Patrick Gotch letters about, you know, when they get mad, like the Cowboy Channel can actually have you fired from a local rodeo. So, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah I try to try to avoid all that. You know, it's interesting because there's plenty of artists that, that are political and that's that's cool. I think there's a place for that, like that happened a lot in the 60s. But I also think there's a place for music that speaks to the human soul above and beyond the, the daily fray of current events, you know, because this so I keep wanting to swear. Oh, you <laughs> can say it. It's oh, rub chat. Okay. This, keep, this will pass. Like all, whatever daily current event bullshit's going on, it'll pass. But, but art and music speaks to people on a, on a different level. I, I think it's important to have that outlet sometimes. Cause especially these days, everybody's got their phone going, and it's like politics all the time. And there's, I think there's a, a real lack of, of higher vibrations, if you know what I mean. Anyway, I hope wow, we're getting deep. <laughs> yeah. I love this. This is the deepest rum chat I ever. Uh, Chancey didn't go there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, little Birdie said uh, you uh, enjoyed to partake in a little bit of cards. I play cards, yeah. I, did, I, I pulled 1,200 bucks out of the cell point the other night. Nice. <laughs> How much did you start I with? <laughs> 24. <laughs> hey, there it is. That's like ranching, right? How do you make two million bucks ranching? Start with four. Yeah, for sure. What about uh, what about some gambling songs? Uh, we could do that. We could do that. It's Vegas. It's Vegas. Let's see. Because there's a lot of people who've been losing lately. Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> I hope you know you're on. <laughs> okay, I got one for you. Ah, yes. I got I got the one for you. Summer's evening on a train bound for nowhere. I met up with a gambler who was both too tired to sleep. So we took turns to stare at the 
the darkness and boredom overtook us and he began to speak he said son I've led a life of reading people's faces knowing what the cars were by the way they held their eyes and if you don't mind me saying I can see you're out of aces for a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice so I drank down my last swallow and then he bummed a cigarette he asked me for a light and the night got deathly quiet and his face lost all expression said if you're gonna play the game boy you're gonna learn to play it right but you got to know Like you don't even like Kenny Rogers, Josh. I, I was I was a story song a, a, a kid. Like I was obsessed with that song and Johnny Horton and uh, Marty Robbins. But but yeah, the story songs are where it's at. I think. Story I songs. agree with uh, that. Tom T. Hall. Yeah. Like when the, you want to be in the Cavalry. Is that like the, on the talking about uh, Johnny Horton? And yeah. Then, in 1814, we took a little trip. Yeah. Walter Jackson, Jackson, Jackson down to kind of Mississippi. Took a little bacon, bacon and, and we, we took, took a little, little beans, and we fought the bloody British in the town of New Orleans. Hey, yeah, you know, that's about the Battle of 1812. Y yeah, I got that <laughs> from the song. <laughs> but but the, he did a version, and it's from the Amer it was when the Americans were fighting the British, were, which was us at the time because we were still British North America before it was Canada. Yeah, America two and zero. Oh. Yeah, well, we won that one actually. Uh, <laughs> two and one, but. But uh, the thing is, that he, Johnny Horton wrote that song from the, from the American perspective, but he, he, he cut a version of it from the British perspective, too, yeah. which as a history nerd, I find interesting. Well, you know, like when story songs. Is this getting super boring? No, no, no. no I love it. <laughs> I, like, I, I love story songs because that's why I like Tom T. Hall. One of my favorite story songs is The Ballad of 40 Bucks. Have you guys ever listened to that song? Tom T. Hall is talking all about this funeral and the procession and how he's sad. And the very, va the very last line of the song uh, is, the trouble is the guy getting buried owes him 40 bucks, okay? <laughs> so, and then, of course, Marty Robbins, Devil Woman, and, and uh, El Paso City, those, those are truly great uh, story songs yeah. that are, are so much more than 
a lot of country music. And, yeah. and we don't necessarily call you uh, country music. We call you country w western Yeah, more. well, the, in the 50s, I'm a huge nerd when I come on these things, but I'll tell you. On the, on the in the 50s, apparently, I was told that country music and Western music were two different genres. Country music is Appalachian music, you know, bluegrass and, you know, uh, Scots-Irish stuff. But, but Western music was cowboy balladeering and cowboy song, story songs. But at some point in the 50s, it, some, some DJ someplace put them together and said country and Western. But they're, they're two very different genres. And I, I consider myself more of a Western singer than a country singer. Yeah. Well, and you're, you're one of those storytellers. Like, um, Bible on the Dash. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite songs Ever. I, I love that story about two guys driving down the road, they get pulled over, may have something or something else on them, and there's a Bible on, but they've got a Bible up on the dash and, you know. Cheap insurance. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, what music you listen to? Christian music, sir. <laughs> you know, um, I wish you could do that one. I know it's hard to do it by yourself, but. I can do that one. You want to hear that one? I, I would love it. Personally, I had a, I had Bible on the dash. You'll want to hear it. You like, yeah. I had a whole different plan, but that's cool. I like it when I'm so, this is rough chat. We don't have a plan. <laughs> we're off the rails now. You're, you're not in charge. We're in charge. You just do what we say. <laughs> we're, we're off road. Sing, you bastard. <laughs> I, I got a buddy, my childhood buddy, and it's hard to get him off the ranch, but he comes to my shows to meet girls and, and, <laughs> and drink my beer. And so do we. Oh, wait. <laughs> He's seen me a thousand times, so he says something very similar because I'll, I'll be drinking beer with him. And then the road manager comes and says, you have five minutes till stage time. He's talking to girls. He goes, yeah, go dance, monkey. Go dance. And then he keeps talking to the girls while I have to play the show. So. <laughs> go dance. It's been a while for this. I'm going to give it a shot, though. Uh, my buddy Hayes Carl helped me finish this one. He's from Texas. Love Hayes. Yeah, he's a beauty, huh? He's going to open our Canadian tour, actually. Awesome. All right. For the outlaw on a budget. Careful now, just don't drive quite so fast. It's better than insurance. 
That's a great story. I, I love, love that. that. One. I love it. You know, Pardon? the first time I actually heard your name, uh, obviously years ago, but I my first time working in Canada was at uh, Strathmore, Alberta. Uh, There's a big rodeo up there, and uh, <clears throat> I was supposed to play. You know, they said, "Hey, uh, yeah, we'll play this song, blah blah blah, before the chuck wagons," and they go, "Yeah, um, you know, the hockey song." I go, what hockey song? <laughs> the hockey song. And they, song. Look, <laughs> they looked at me like I was the dumbest thing they've ever Core Blunt's hockey song? You don't have it? I'm an American. I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah, and I listened to it, and that was the first time. I'm like, <laughs> this guy's a legend. Like, I love it. So to be, to be fair, I didn't write that one. That was written by a guy named Stomp and Tom Connors. He's, he's kind of the he's like a Canadian equivalent if you mixed uh, Willie Nelson, John Wayne, and Michael Jackson kind of. Well, that's quite a that's quite the quite a trio. <laughs> well, anyway, that's uh, that's the first time. But uh, but yeah, uh, what do you, you want to go? Where do you want to go you with guys this? You guys been to Pinoca? No, a, I've never. I been never to have. I've never been. been there. That's a good one. That's one of our. I mean, Calgary. That's yeah, huge. Calgary's a big one, but but Pinoca's real old school. Yeah, it, it's real cool. They do long score timed events and stuff. But uh, I, years ago, so there's, there's lots of cowboy songs, but there's not very many cowboy singer songs. This is a cowboy singer song because it's about. I pl I played there years ago. <coughs> my uncle had a great idea that I should that I should ride into the up to the stage and uh he put me on this questionable gelding named pork and beans and <laughs> and and, and we and beans. instead of going around the side he took me right through the crowd it was it was real touch and go it could have been bad could have been some <laughs> some liabilities going on yeah but uh I turned it into a love song yes as you do is it named pork and beans well the thing is that I have a lot of songs that start out to be as horse songs and turn into love songs. It's a, pr it's a problem. <laughs> it's a habit. True story. 
Choking up. Man, you can get kind of emotional list of that. <laughs> like, I cried when I watched The Notebook. I was starting to get feel that right there. Like, that was legit. Actually, it's funny you say that because my manager heard that song, and she was like, uh, she's like, you should sing more songs like, like that. You should write more of those. And I was like, like what? And she said, you know, like your, your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, nah, and I emotionally closed down and wrote more songs about guns and whiskey. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I've, I've told Hambo this a million times. But this is a true story. Uh, when I had a, I wasn't, I didn't write the song. Actually, Air Supply did. But I uh, sang Making Love Out of Nothing at All uh, my freshman year at a talent contest. And uh, Did you win? No, I didn't win. <laughs> I could have hit the high notes. You should, uh, you should revisit that, maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe if we could get together sometime, you can play the guitar and we'll have a, 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 different, a different take on Making love out of nothing at all. Making love. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. I'd be I'd be happy to be part of that project. Uh, <laughs> project I want to do is if we could get you and Chancey together, and we need an opening song for Rump Chat. Yeah, we can write something for you. Because for some reason, artists get mad when you don't pay to play their songs. <laughs> Help and yourself. Facebook will kick you <laughs> off right for. So. Um, Help yourself to the Pendleton for your pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll pay you with Pendleton caps, P-Car shirts, P-Car. Yeah, P-Car Pro, Pro, Pro Rodeo bring it to you. Um, <laughs> I, I, wanna, I have one that I want to make you do here in a second because one thing I, I love that you do, uh, you support the agricultural way of life. Oh, yes, yeah. your, your new uh, album, Agricultural Tragic. I love the name. And you got that from like the Mona, not the Mona Lisa, but what's the American Gothic? That's right. I mean the word structure of it. Yeah, yeah the it's like it's a, like that. It's sort of a take on that, yeah. But uh, in the agricultural way of life that, that we live in, in Hambo and I, we really push. We push agriculture, and I've said this on here a lot, I want to get a T-shirt made, support agricultural, or support agriculture, because starvation sucks, you know? Yep. And it is the one song I crack up all the time. Uh, most of us that, that have cattle and know that they're a pain in the ass. Like, when you have cattle, like, you can watch Yellowstone all you want, but it's not glamorous having cattle. But the thing about it is, the more cattle you have, the more cattle you want, the more you buy and sell. Uh, and, and it's like uh, growing up on a ranch it, with, with cattle, you felt better. Even though they would get out, tear down electric fence, they would kick you, the market goes up and down, you have to feed when it's freezing cold. You break ice. You're out there when it's so hot. You're buying expensive hay. All the stuff that we do to have cattle because we love it at the end of the day. It's just nuts. And so sometimes when, and I have it on my phone. You should write a song about that. <laughs> no, I use your song because when I get so 
pissed off and I've had a horrible time or something's happened, I, I always like to play Everything's Better with Cows Around. Like, it kind of brings me back to happiness. They say money can't buy happiness, but it can buy more cows, and that's the same thing, right? So can, can we do that song? Do you want the extended version or the... I want to do whatever you want. There's a bunch of verses on that that aren't on the record on that deal. Okay. This one's a mouthful. Everything is better with some cows around. Living in town sometimes brings me down. Let me bestow this western blessing and leave you cattle bound. Let's 
around. <laughs> doesn't that just doesn't that just make you feel good? Yes. <laughs> to know how screwed yeah. you are in the cattle business, but you know that awesome song. You know, uh, when, I, when I was about 15, I got into I, I rode steers as a kid and bulldogged a little bit in high school. But then when I was about 15, I got into rock and roll music, and um, the thing is that. I never imagined when I when I bought my first Gibson Les Paul guitar and was rocking out that years later I'd be making a living reciting Cattlebreeds for appreciative people. <laughs> and if you'd l watch videos of his original band, you'd understand what he's saying. <laughs> the, the, what was the, some of the W. What, what was your band's? The Smalls. The Smalls. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. It was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was heavy. But heavy you rock. you rocked it out on the music video that we found on YouTube. From your rock band, yeah, you were rocking out with 13 WZ Wranglers on. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like you you were there band. to rock, but you were also they come up to here. Yeah, high rises. Yeah, we Long don't wear those. That's why I wear cinch jeans because uh, I can't fit in the Stranglers, so <laughs> I don't have the right body build. I wear cinch jeans because they're comfortable and they're better made, and I like them cinch. And we have a lot of free stuff to give away from cinch too. We've got over <laughs> 14 million koozies if anybody's interested. My cousin's going to kick my ass. He's the Canadian Wrangler rep. <laughs> That's all right. CheechesShirts.com. <laughs> all right. Well, How much time? We got time? Yeah, one more. Let's one do more? another one. Okay. Speaking of agricultural tragedies, so my dad was a, he's a bulldogger, and he's a Western artist, and he's a, he was a rancher, but he's also a, a, vet, a veterinarian. So as I, I was the oldest son, and so when you're the oldest son of a country vet, you get, you get sucked into being a vet assistant at a very young age and see a lot of gory shit that you should never see probably. Did I play this the last time? Mm -mm. Okay, okay. This is a song about the trauma that I dealt with. It's called um, The Talking Veterinarian Pregta Cesarean Vaccination Gun Blues. <laughs> I've ever felt on a podcast. Yes. Because right it's the best podcast you've ever been on. I feel right at home. Well, my dad is a vet, and if I was one too, the one thing he always taught me to do was get paid. Cash money. You see, jam and eggs is a mighty kind thank you, but not for the bookkeeper, not for the banker. The margin's thin on treating large animals, unless it's a purebred or more understandable or a racehorse or something. Spaniels, Pomeranians, and your shingle. This verse is a t totally a true story. It happened to Dad two years out of vet school. Completely true. Well, a blind old woman brings in a bird with a busted wing, and somewhere she heard we was good doctors. Consider the plight of the calves. 
sugar beets and sugar beets when mature are about the size of a basketball they go in the fall they dig them up they put them into the truck they take them to the sugar beet factory to process them into sugar and then they turn the cattle into the uh, to the pasture to eat the tops off them because they cut them off first and it's good winter feed for the cattle but mixed in with the tops are the occasional immature beet which are about the size of your fist and the cattle choke on these things. So if you're a Southern Alberta veterinarian, a big part of your uh, fall practice is dealing with sugar beet chokes. So you gotta go out there and you either gotta push the beet down the esophagus into the stomach or, or pull out of the animal's mouth or it will uh, choke to death and die on the spot. So having said that, <laughs> this is rural food. You guys will, when I play this in Toronto, they're just shocked. They, they're sho Seattle too, it's no good, but here it will work. I've treated my share of sugar beet chokes. If it gets too bad, you gotta cut the throat and salvage the carcass. Dress him out on the spot. This one old steer, he choked real bad. In the corner of the pen, he's mighty mad. I poked at the beat, it wouldn't dislodge. The farmer says, I got a dull knife back in the garage. I said, go get it, we gotta save the meat. So I made the jugular cuts, to jump to his feet, give his head a shake, and coughed up the beat. Stood there and bled to death in front of the farmer. Thank you, Doc. What do I owe you? <laughs> well, that's how it goes with the sugar beet chokes. Just don't get me started on. Just don't get me started on. Alfalfa bloats. Oh, that's outstanding. Y'all, this has been a pleasure. This has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's fun, guys. We had fun the last time, but you were huddled up in your garage. And <laughs> this is much better. <laughs> way better. I was in San Angelo, and he was in Ponca City, and and uh, this is way better just to see your face. I'm glad you're down here. And um, where are you? Uh, I'm sorry, brother. I forget your schedule. Where are you all playing at? You I'm, playing, I'm playing uh, tomorrow on Flint's show. Perfect. Over at the, at the convention center. He's a rodeo clown, too, I guess, right? Yeah, I understand that Doesn't he, he only have eight clown of the year buckles? Is that true? <laughs> You have to ask him tomorrow. <laughs> I don't get involved in rodeo clown politics. We discussed this earlier. <laughs> you have to. You have to say. Well, uh, I was actually on this really popular podcast, Rump Chat, yesterday. <laughs> I guess Flint forgot to call me in ham on this year. That's weird. I'm yeah. doing. I'm doing a show uh, for Huey over at the resorts at the Doghouse on Wednesday, and then I'm actually playing. That's a cool place. Is it? I good? walked by it. That is a really cool place. I've never been. Okay, yeah. good. It's brand new. Then I'm playing at the at the Perf Thursday on Thursday. I'm playing Times to Switch to Whiskey before the rodeo. Really? So that'll be good. Yeah, I you didn't know that. You know what I want to do? Here, I should make this public. I want to do a deal where an annual show in Vegas, like in a theater by myself, just a solo show, where it's all rodeo songs and cowboy songs, and I bullshit a little bit and talk. Because there's a lot of rockin' shows, but I don't think there's very many, like, storytelling shows. There's so not. I want to sort yeah. out a storytelling show and make it an annual thing. So if anybody has a theater that can help me out with that. I got it. We'll talk backstage. Yeah, okay, good. 15%. Mission accomplished. 15%. Well, awesome. Brother, thank you so much, Corp, for yeah, coming. Blast. And um, good luck the rest of the week. Thanks. We'll see you at the rodeo and, and wherever. But uh, everybody, thanks for coming here. That's awesome. You guys are outstanding. And uh, 
One o'clock. Who do we have tomorrow? It's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> we may not have anybody. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, thanks for coming. One o'clock. Rump chat. Rumpchat.com. Um, thanks to Pendleton Whiskey. Take a shot. Pete Car Pro Rodeo. Awesome sponsor. And uh, what else, Rump? Don't forget Manscaped and Gold Buckle Beer. Yeah. Later on in the week, though, once we do have confirmed, we got JJ Hampton. And she is a riot. She's coming on one day. Pete Carr's coming on one day. Andy North, the uh, the baddest cat ever, the barrel at the BFO. Andy Riley, North, Riley Duval. Riley Duval's and coming then, Friday. Uh, round 10, it's tradition, third year in a row. Joe B will uh, give you who he thinks he's going to win the world. And little Joe B, uh, it never hurts anybody. So Yeah. All right, thanks, y'all, for coming. See you. Thanks, everybody. like a burning flame. See him slide the puck inside. She's a 1-1 hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name.